the unsweetened truth, where we don't sugarcoat anything. This podcast is for the business owners, entrepreneurs, truth seekers, the rufflers of the feathers, the risk takers, and major decision makers with some amazing stories. Well, let's get sharing. Unsweetened Truth. This is Kristen Pucci, and I have two guests today, Jonathan Bowser and Justin Kuhn with Integrated Development Partners. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. So I have been friends with you guys for a little bit now. We're, we're golfing buddies now. Um, and <laughs> why we wanted to get on a podcast with each other was for the first time ever in Cray history of the Unsweetened Truth, we're just going to completely wing it. So if you guys want to go ahead and just introduce yourselves, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, then we can get going. Whoever wants to go first, Justin. <laughs> All right, I'll get first. Hi, I'm Justin Kuhn. Uh, background is civil engineering. I grew up and raised in the Carlisle area. I still reside there. Uh, wife and two kids, two dogs. Adamant, enthusiastic about being in the outdoors. Uh, civil engineering kind of lends to being able to do that with with work as well and uh probably been in the area doing this for going on 20 or 21 years now wow long time so lots of experience all right jonathan what about you uh jonathan bowser um kind of run with uh more of the real estate development side of of our team here um born and raised here born in stilton um Big sports guy, uh, like the golf, but ain't not that great at it. <laughs> no, we uh, won. Even though we did, even though we did come in first place, and people are still questioning that. But you know, it was our the, mulligans. We bought a lot of mulligans. I should have pulled my hundred out, but I already broke it. <laughs> <laughs> I still have mine. I still have mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So live in Susquehanna Township. Uh, wife and uh, three kids, uh, all boys. Um, so most of my time is spent with them playing, you know, their various sports or activities. And um, that's about it. Cool. Well, burning question that I have that will start off our random podcast. You guys obviously started this company just a few years ago. August of 2019. Yes. August of 2019. 2018. 2018. Yeah, 2018. Three years. 2018. So you're coming up, yeah, on an anniversary. What yes. made you both or separately together either? What made you want to start your own company? Who's going first this time? You guys can. We'll, we'll swap it back and forth. Okay, Jonathan can go this time. Um, so I think I've, I've always been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. Well, entrepreneurial kind of spirit since I was a kid. Um, I was always kind of more of a risk taker uh, in whatever that I did. And, um, you know, I always been pretty good with, with finances. And, and so, you know, to me, you know, kind of going out on, on my own was just always something that I knew I was going to do. It was just a matter of, you know, timing and, you know, doing it with the right, with the right people. Um, I know I never wanted to be an entrepreneur that probably just went out on his own solely on his own. Uh, and so, you know, through, 
you know, getting to know Justin and getting to know other partner, Mike, you know, it became pretty obvious pretty quick that this was the right group of folks to do it with. And we assembled the right team. Um, you know, we had a pretty thorough but flexible plan to start. I think we all, I think we pulled it together in like probably like 60 days, 90 days max. Um, and, um, you know, we just kind of rolled with it. So, um, so yeah, that's what kind of led me to, to get to this point. I always knew I wanted to do real estate and real estate development. And um, the added benefit was, you know, uh, with Justin's skill set and, and the rest of our civil team is to be able to do, you know, a lot of our civil stuff, uh, engineering stuff in house. I mean, that's, that's key and that's huge. And so, you know, for me, it, that was a big, a big piece of, of the pie. And, you know, it, it gives us, you know, good cash flow as a company uh, and then allows us to do the real estate stuff um, to really try to make a difference. So. Nice. What about you, Justin? Um, not the opposite of what Jonathan said, but I've always been more conservative in, I knew I wanted to be out on my own, but being conservative about it kind of kept me from doing it for a while. Okay. A reason or whatever not to do it rather than looking for all the reasons to do it. Um, and I think it came a time, you know, as I work different places and you, you end up building teams at those places and groups and clients, you know, you start to understand, you know, if you really want to uh, do it yourself, you know, you can do it. And like Jonathan said, timing seemed to be perfect. It just, I don't even remember how it came together because it came together so quickly. Um, one day we were talking about it and it seemed like a couple weeks later, we were both leaving our, our jobs, our careers. So we didn't really give ourselves a lot of time to think about it, which I think was probably good, was really pretty wise. And um, we just all get along. We're pretty differential to each other um, and work with each other's strengths and weaknesses and pick up where somebody can't, you know, we try to stay fairly humble in that. And um, like Jonathan said, uh, you know, I was always in the civil side, but you always want to kind of be part of what you're designing. It'd be nice to own maybe some of that. So it's it's kind of cool to get to own some of it and see it be built and 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 maybe even own it long term. So so the whole thing was kind of intriguing and um, exactly what we all wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan, I love that you said that you always were a risk taker and you felt like you always thought you were going to start your own company. I was very similar. I was always much more of a, like, I'm going to jump off the bridge and I'll figure out how to land. <laughs> then like, yeah. all right, let's maybe not jump off the bridge. You know, I was, I was that type of person. So I definitely resonate with that. And I have a question for both of you. Cause I was just asked this last week from somebody through LinkedIn, they shot me a message and it was a really long message. And he pretty much asked me, he's like, I want to start my own company. It's something I felt like has always been on my heart to do. But how did you know it was a good time to start? And I had my own answer for this. Like, how did you know when the right time is? And I also find it funny that you guys like did it all in 90 days because you're like, now I don't have time to back out because I'm just, I'm doing it. And I think you kind of have to because you could convince yourself out of it. So do you guys have, there's going to be people that are listening to this that maybe are considering starting their own company. Do you have an answer that maybe he asked was, how did you know when it's the right time or do you not really? I think it's probably different for everybody. For me, 
I just felt like I was being led down that path for a couple years. Like I felt like I was preparing for it without knowing it. And kind of when the opportunity came about, you know, I the no wasn't there anymore. Like I, it was, I was trying to think of all the reasons why I should do it. It was almost like timing, like, you know, I, I feel strongly you're kind of being set up in your life to do different things and everything kind of adds up and equates to something in the future. Mm -hmm. It felt like that had all come together finally. And um, I was really in a spot in my life where I wanted a lot more financial independence and the right group of people that I felt comfortable being with and being in business together were there. And it, like, it felt like the door was wide open. There was nothing, there really weren't any red flags, so to speak, as there always was in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for, for, for me, I mean, I would piggyback on a lot of what Justin said, um, but I think, you know, my, again, my plan was always to be out on my own. So very early on in my career, you know, I, I made it a point to um, try to perfect my craft, so to speak, and then also try to really work on uh, building solid relationships. And so once I got to a point where I felt like I've done those things fair, you know, fairly, fairly good enough, you know, at that point, it was just, you know, who, what's the right team? Um, so for me, there wasn't a right moment because there's never a right moment. There's always going to be something pulling at you that says this is a really bad time. Um, for me, when we started in 2018, I had just bought, I had just bought my house. Uh, so we just built the house um, and we had just made some other investments. And so ideally, you someone could have said that's not the right time to start a business. You know, when you just bought a big house and you just went and did all these other things. And so, you know, the timing, I, I never, I never think there's a right time. I think you just got, as Justin said, you just got to prepare yourself throughout your career for that opportunity. And when that opportunity comes knocking, you just got to take advantage of it. Yeah. And I love that you guys said, um, when you're doing, so I, I, I have the similar mindset that you do, Justin, that you think that things that happen in your life kind of set you up to make you successful. And I literally was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. And I feel like there's doors that have opened for me through Cray that like I did not open. Right. And it's just, they have just opened and they're opening. Like, I don't have to force them. I don't have to try to like jam the window up. I just like, they just open. Right. And, um, I, I do people, they like to give excuses a lot. I mean, and I think I, I even, I was telling this person my story and I even was giving myself excuses. I remember I wrote in a journal and I save all my journals and I wrote in a journal and I'm really exposing myself here, but I said that I, I was talking with a counselor at the time. And I said that I wanted to leave the job that I was currently at and I wanted to take my savings and I wanted to start my own company. And this was in December of 2019. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't do it. I ended up leaving that job in around January, starting another job. And then I get laid off. And then I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. It's time to just yeah. <laughs> remember I wrote that in that journal. And um, I think things just happen and you just have to listen and you have to be prepared and you, and then it happens. And it's just like, why didn't I do this years ago? And it's because I don't think you were prepared years ago. I think now is literally the exact time. Yeah, Jonathan just touched on something 
that was key as he had that going and had those reasons why maybe the timing wasn't right. Earlier that year, my wife had gone through a pretty big health scare and was not working. It was in rehab for quite some time and some other things. And right as that was kind of kind of coming to a head is when we started talking about this. And I thought, you're nuts. Like, what are you thinking? You're going to leave a good career while all this is going on. But as you said, it actually ended up being the perfect timing, which makes sense. It didn't then. So we were both doing things that we were like, wow, this seems kind of little crazy, but you're right. You know, once you opened the door, it was, I felt like I was just pushed through it. Oh, I love that. And I know people typically say too, at least that I've heard when people come up to me and say, Hey, I'm thinking of starting my own thing. Children, kids always come and they think about their family and they're like, and this was the exact same situation with this gentleman last week. He has a young kid, a young child, and I feel like it's not the right time. Well, can you guys speak to that? Cause I don't have children yet, but is that something that you guys can speak to that people are really thinking about their families and their kids and that like, you're losing this income and yeah, you could lose your $50,000 job for the opportunity to make a hundred thousand dollars. You know, you really could be stepping right. in more money, but for some reason you get so worried that you can't. Um, can you guys speak to that at all? Since you both have families. I think it's the opposite. I mean, when you, you know, one of the things that, you know, we, we talk about, um, a lot, and Justin and I talk about it a lot, is is like generational wealth, right? So I don't think either of us are, are doing this just for ourselves. We're doing it for, you know, our kids and our kids' kids and, and, and beyond. And so, you know, I think for people that, you know, decide not to do it because they have a family, I think you got to flip it on its head and think about it the other way and not think about it um, from a negative perspective, but more from a positive to think, you know, I need to do this for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, down the road, your kids want to be entrepreneurs and you can help set them up or, you know, they're running vertical business lines that, you know, um, coexist with what, what we're doing. You, you actually are providing more opportunities for your family by being an entrepreneur, in my, in my opinion, mm-hmm. than, than vice versa of thinking of the negative. One thing I know, you know, both of us always thought is, well, hell, if this all blows up, we can still go back and get a regular job. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, exactly. you know, we knew we were marketable to where, like, okay, for some odd reason, this thing doesn't work. We could still go get employment somewhere. So what's the downside in that equation other than, okay, you, you may have failed and you got to face that. And, and maybe you have, a, you know, a little bit of a financial setback. But we both knew that we would be able to land back on our feet again if, if that were the case but there was just so much more upside to where it was like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. You can really take the family piece and use it as motivation. And we talk about this all the time. And there's more motivation for us to succeed knowing that there's more people counting on you. And we try to take that same mindset with people that we hire, they become part of the family. So, you know, every person that comes through the door is just another reason why you got to get up every day and, you know, give 150% in it. That's just, I think we all kind of have that same mindset. No, exactly. And you can't, you can't pass on a job too. You right. can't pass on a job. Like if I was a business development person at another company, like I could pass on my skills or I could pass on my experience, but I can't pass on that job. And I, 
I could pass on Cray to somebody or I could pass on a version of Cray or part of Cray or partnership in it somehow. So I love that. I hope that people that are listening really take something from that because I, I did. I love that. All right. Another burning question for me because I have lots of things that I feel like I did right and I feel like that I did wrong when I started my company. Um, let's start with the wrongs, because I feel like those are more fun to talk about. Are there things that you guys, if you were talking to other entrepreneurs or people that wanted to start their own companies, are there things that you guys did wrong? Or at least in your opinion, of course, everything's a learning opportunity, but that you did wrong when you started out that you would not have done again? (laughs) Well, I got to really think about that one. Um, You know, from day one, we've kind of moved forward and never looked back and we just changed on the fly. Okay. Really think about was there some glaring that stood out that was wrong that we wouldn't have done again? I'm sure it exists. Um, on the real estate side, at, at this point, every property that we've become involved with has done well such far. I think that comes from being fairly particular with what we look for and we stay in our wheelhouse, so to speak. You know, don't go outside of it. Do what you do really well and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm hoping Jonathan may have one of these. It might. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's my memory. I can't think of something that I'm like, oh my gosh, that was. Well, it doesn't have to be huge. Like something that right. Something that I can think of that I'm learning is protecting my time, because everybody, once you. I mean, like once I got awarded like the power 100 thing, and then I was in the central Prime business journal and my company kind of blew up every, it's like, everybody wants to talk to you, which is an honor. But at the same time too, I don't, I have the same amount of time as every other person does. And I need to be able to protect my time. I have to spend the right amount of time here. I need to have a life. I need to be Kristen Pucci, not just cray all the time. And that's something that I know that I, I over scheduled myself with things that either didn't bring me happiness, they didn't bring me joy, and they just were kind of other people checking boxes by, oh, they met with Craig. And that's something, for example, is something not huge, not detrimental, but something that I've learned that I did wrong when I started. I needed to protect my time better. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think my, my, mine is very similar to yours, Kristen, to a certain extent, in that, you know, I think trying to manage time is always a struggle, right? You're always trying to that's always a, a revolving kind of situation that people try to figure out. And, you know, I've had to try to be a little bit more sheltered with, with my time and who I'm going to spend time with and, and asking myself the question of is, is my, is me meeting with this person going to help me either increase revenue for IDP or decrease expenses. And if I can't answer one of those two questions that I probably shouldn't be, I probably shouldn't be meeting with them. Yeah. And I think early on when we first started, we were probably meeting with anybody and everybody who sure. wanted to hear our story. You know what I mean? Because it was it was odd for the three of us to come together the way we did. So it was somewhat intriguing. Um, and so we wanted to get that message out there, which I think was important. So I, don't, I don't see that as something that maybe I would have changed. But as we mature in our business, I have become a little bit more laser focused on, you know, what's my job at IDP? Like, what's my role? You know, as Justin said earlier, we all have strengths and different weaknesses. So I just try to focus on what's my strength that I can add value to myself and our partners and our team. And I try to not, 
you know, get bogged down in other things that, you know, I probably shouldn't be that involved in. So I, I do think that that's a, a big piece of it. The other thing is, I think that I did learn very early on about real estate is that you find a lot of people that try to be like a jack of all trades, that they, they will sell you on a million different things that they think they can do, but they probably are only good at one thing that's, that's, that's critically important. So I think as we select contractors and consultants and things of that nature, I've tried to be a little bit more conscious of what is this person or this firm really good at and how do we maximize that versus me and, and Justin trying to fit them in like 15 different boxes of, of what our needs are. So, you know, I think that's a lesson that I learned pretty early on is that, you know, really studying what people are good at um, and, and trying to stay away from, you know, uh, people that try to sell you on everything. Yeah. And I think even like, this is just another thing kind of off of what you said. I remember like early on, or even just, I guess I still am early on, <laughs> only like a year and whatever. In. But I would utilize like friends for stuff and I shouldn't have, or I think there's a boundary that needs to happen when you start a business between like your family and your friends. And as much as like a friend wants to help you with something, well, if that friend messes up critically, <laughs> that can affect your relationship. And I think that's another area that, yeah, you do have to be really careful who you're getting involved with in business and who you're building relationships with. And then who you're also engaging in business with just because a friend, you know, makes billboards, let's say, doesn't necessarily mean I should be using my friend that use, makes billboards. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the biggest mistake that I think I've, I've had, like Justin said, we haven't had any critical mistakes <laughs> of like, you know, Oh geez, man. But it, it is those, you know, just being a little bit more aware of who you're surrounding yourself with and how you're protecting your time, I think are probably, the big lessons I've learned in the three years. Cool. Any other ones that hit your head, Justin? <laughs> well, I mean, I was rambling. I was rambling so I could give him more time to think. <laughs> if well, you can me, do nothing, you know, that is lame. It's probably, yeah, I am lame. Uh, probably just from the personal standpoint, it's really easy to get hyper focused on building a business and taking all that home with you, constantly thinking about it you know, not being as attentive with your family as you should be and things like that. That's, that's hard for me sometimes to separate and kind of gear down in the evening. So that's you know, something for me. It's, it's still a work in progress because, you know, as a business owner, your mind's always on and you're always thinking about, you know, what you're doing next, what you're doing in a year, what you're doing in six months. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think people can notice your mind wandering on those things. So yeah. I think that's just one of those things. It's probably been a little more difficult than I expected. Yeah. Or to, like to, do that, to shut that down. Yeah. Or not answering your phone or like if you get an yes. email, you get, yeah, I get it. I have the same issues. All right. What about things you guys have done right? That's everything. Right. Yes. Everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. But just a couple things that you think you've done really right that you would want to pass on for somebody else who's thinking about running a company. I think that, and this is probably going to just, I think it answers your question, but probably on a higher level. I think that when you do something like this, you, you have to continue 
you know, following your instincts and what's gotten you here. I think things, high integrity and honesty are key in business. Um, it is very easy to do work honestly and not be dealing with the aftermath of not having high integrity in business and things like that. And I think staying focused on that and staying focused on your values um, will kind of lead you through. And I think you find out that you end up making a lot of right decisions mm -hmm. of it. They may not feel right at the moment, but many times me and Jonathan talk about when you look back, there's things that, you know, you weren't sure how it was going to end up, but in your gut, you felt it was the right thing to do. So you did it. And I think that and not getting caught up in you know, the, I guess you could call it chasing the glory. You know, some people. The political, the political side. Uh, of the, you know, really just staying focused on who you really are and staying in that lane and not trying to be somebody you aren't portraying yourself as somebody you are. I think when you do that, generally, not that bad things don't happen, they do, but you'll make more good decisions than bad if you're really following truly how you, you know, what you believe in and how you feel. Yeah. Well, it's that saying that like, if you're telling the truth, you never have to remember what you said. And I, yeah, exactly. That. And that just, um, I was talking to somebody a while back and they said, you know, being honest is freeing because mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about what I've said. Yes. And I, to me, that's just the big takeaway and it makes life and being in business easy, especially when all the partners feel the same way and treat each other the same way as we do. So yeah. we always know where each other stands. And I think that's an easy relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably say what we've done right is, um, I think we're, you know, we, we're, we're resilient. You know, three, three years in, um, half of that almost being in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we've had, you know, a few low points in our three-year history. And, uh, you know, we've been able to overcome each of them. We've been able to um, just keep fighting. I mean, and that's what's pretty cool about, you know, the, the team we have and Mike and Justin is, you know, there is no, like, quitting. There, you know, we, we just always plow ahead, push ahead, and we just all, like, we all have enough confidence in each other and ourselves to say we're going to figure out a way to get it done. And that's that's kind of, that makes it easier. And it takes a lot of stress off when you know you're surrounded by people that in all of our minds, we're going to figure it out no matter what comes our, our way. So I think we've done that right. I think the other thing that we've done right that you often see in partnerships that go wrong is there's, oft, there's often like ego. There's often like, you know, that kind of, you know, I'm important. I'm, I'm in, I don't think we don't, we don't have that, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, I think Justin said earlier, we, we each know what we're really good at and we kind of stay in that lane. And, and I think we all kind of appreciate that about each other. Um, and so, you know, to be in a partnership, to be with a team where there isn't a fight for ego or for recognition or for any of that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It takes the politics out of it and, and we're able to just, you know, focus on, you know, our bottom line, growing our company and growing our community. And so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with the ego part a lot because I think in our, well, you guys have like 
males, a lot of males and females at the company, but I've noticed this specifically with females. That was a lot of feedback and like advice that I was given was I'm typically a very dominant female <laughs> and having another dominant female, like as a number two or another partner or something like that would not potentially work. And I really resonate with the fact that like filling, I, I think filling each other's gaps is really important. And like, I don't have a partner right now. I imagine eventually I will, but that's kind of how we hire at Cray. And I know that that's how you guys hire as well is what are you good at? What are you good at? Okay. I'm not good at that. And then how can we kind of help each other? So I really like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, I mean, Justin, Mike and I all are type A alpha males. Mm-hmm. And, and so someone could sit there and say, well, that's a recipe for disaster. And I would agree with him, except for the fact that we're, we're uniquely different mm-hmm. and we all appreciate and respect each other's skill sets and, 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 and what we're each good at. And so therefore it just literally takes that off the table yeah. and we're able to make decisions without it being confrontational. And, and I don't think we've made a decision yet where all three of us haven't mm-hmm. equally agreed to be like, yeah, that's the direction we should move yeah. in move on in this issue. And I think once you do bring down that ego and you take yourself out of it and you think about what's in the best interest of the company or the project or whoever is involved, you know, it makes the decision process really, really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even having that personality doesn't mean that you shouldn't be humble or you shouldn't, you know, work in a team atmosphere and defer to people when need to, or listen to other ideas. I think that's all part of leadership. Mm-hmm. If you're going to ultimately be good in leadership, yeah, do you need to make hard decisions sometimes? Yes, but you need to understand there's other ideas and there's other people in the partnership may have better ideas and you have to be open to hearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the, you know, my way or the highway type mindset. But I like to hire people that are smarter than me. <laughs> I want to hire people that are so much smarter than I am. And, you know, I can run the business, but... Oh my gosh, Sarah runs circles around me with like IT questions or just like software questions or how to make things, how to get from A to B. She just amazes me all the time. And same thing with all the other other people. I I want people that are smarter than me. Make it happen. But what's on all right, what's in the future for you guys? What do you what do you have? What what is in the future for IDP that you can share, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we're always we're always buying. We're always looking right when we say that we're not, you know, we, we always are. So, we, you know, we got a few, um, you know, new communities that will be coming on board, single family communities that, you know, we'll be sharing in the very near future. Uh, we have the one in Mechanicsburg that we've already shared uh, off of Woods Drive, Linwood Estates. We're going to be doing 20 single family homes uh, there. Um, but I think the, the, the broader the broader stroke for us, I mean, we're going to continue to build out. The, the civil engineering team, you know, we see some, some really good opportunities there to, to grow that. And, you know, we're positioning ourselves for um, the future, you know, beyond the three of us. Um, and so that's always on our mind. A three-year-old company is already thinking about us leaving. Yeah. Uh, and you so, you know, yeah, you have to. So we're planning for that as we speak and, and, you know, we'll be rolling some of that stuff, stuff out. And, uh, you know, on the, on the development side, you know, we'll look, you know, to get into more multifamily. Uh, we, we see some, some really good opportunities there on to take on some larger projects. You know, we kind of started small when we got in, got our feet wet, but now we have some experience and 
and those things. And so we're looking at some larger opportunities. So I think we'll see, see a lot more of that. We still like the central PA market. So I don't see that changing. I mean, we know this market, we know the players in the market, we have the vendors in the market, we know the elected officials in that, you know, in this market uh, and in this region. So I think we'll continue to stay here in the region, but we'll just look to, you know, do bigger. Exactly what, exactly what Jonathan said, us three partners back at the end of March, spent a couple of days together in Florida away from everything. And, you know, spent a few days planning our future. And, you know, as Jonathan said, we're already, even though it's years away, we're already planning, well, how does this look when we retire? Which is not in the near future, but, you know, I think so many people take those things for granted and wait to the last minute to do them. So, you know, we're in the middle of working on that between now and the end of the year and kind of rolling out some things in regards to that and, you know, internally and, and how that'll look and how things will progress and how the business will build. As Jonathan said, you know, we really like the central PA market on the real estate side, and that's where a lot of our engineering is as well. But I think, you know, another area we, we see some opportunity that we're moving into is the, the York area. Um, we're very early on in a multifamily project down there. We're pretty excited about uh, I don't know if we're ready to release where, maybe soon, but we're working through some due diligence stuff. So we see that as a great market as well. Most of what we have is in Cumberland and Dolphin right now, but it's definitely, you know, an area we're moving towards and gravitating to certain things down there as well. But, you know, this Central Bay market's always going to be key to us. Um, we continue building on the civil side in terms of the, you know, a lot of people say, well, how much private engineering work do you do? A lot. 70, 80% of everything we do is for a client, not for ourselves, maybe even more than that. And we continue, you know, we put a big emphasis the last year during COVID, you know, it was a little bit harder to do business development, but forging a couple of new relationships and, and that's happened. And, you know, we keep keep building that side to keep providing more opportunity for the people here that are in that. Um, and that, you know, over time will take a bigger role with that. So to me, that's exciting, but I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear, Kristen. Guys, I wanted you to say more things that you did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's so many things. I feel like there's literally so many things I did, not huge things, but just like things that if I could do it again, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, there's probably, there's probably like a lot of those like little small stuff where we were like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't probably have used that contractor or, you know, there's not yeah. I think like red flag, like that's another one that I'm thinking of. Like I, there was two clients specifically that I remember that in the beginning, there was just so many issues. There were so many issues and it was almost like, the universe was trying to say to me, all right, Kristen, <laughs> I think this is going to be a problem. You know, like it was trying to give me the warning signs and we still, you know, push through and push through and push through. And it's just funny. And then it ends up, that's how it's going to work working with those people. You know, it's just like, and you had all the signs in the beginning and you still, it's like dating. It's the same thing. I relate everything back to dating. You see the warning signs and then you still date them anyway. And then you, you know. still date them anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so here's one, here's one for you, Kristen. I got one for you. Okay. So early on, on a project that we were working on, we, we engaged 
contractors before we had um, a plan. And what we did that I think was a mistake that, that we made was we, we carried on throughout the project and we kind of knew that the contractor probably was not the right fit for the problem, almost like your whole dating situation. Uh, and then we got to a point where our plans kind of caught up to where rubber hits the road of, you know, okay, now we really got to get hard pricing and we need to know where we're at. And we blew it all up and we decided to go in a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. And, and so one of the things that I think I've learned is it's better, it's better to, when you're looking at a, a project, whether it's new construction, but definitely when you're doing a, an adaptive reuse of an existing building is to get a decent foundation for what you want to do, what your vision is, have an architect start to work on that before you then engage outsiders to be part of the process. Because, you know, respecting other people's time is, is critically important to us. And in a couple of occasions for no fault other than we just didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, I think we kind of handled some of those processes a little wrong. And I think in today's world, you know, we corrected it, right? So it's like, okay, ooh, let's not do that again. Let's mm-hmm. kind of understand. You always got it. As soon as we make project announcements, you, you, you have easily 10, 15 contractors reaching out to you. We're such nice people that we just want to talk to them all and try to see if we can work something out. And, and I think it's just hitting the pause button and saying, hey, guys, give us a chance to get our house in order. Give us a chance to understand what we want to do what we want it to look like, let us get far enough down the road to then we can actually give you something to take a look at before we waste a lot of your time. So I think that was one big mistake. The other big mistake is, you know, we would have like big, big contractors that are working on like very small projects that we knew potentially they couldn't be um, overly competitive on versus some of the smaller guys. And so I think it's just sizing your project up with the right contractors. So, you know, if, if you have some of the bigger guys, which are, are great uh, for the right project, you want to have those relationships. But some of the jobs where you have thinner margins, you know, uh, we're really trying to stretch every dollar. You got to make sure you have the right team set up for the right project. And early on, I don't know if we always did that. Gotcha. We always got it right in the end, <laughs> but it was brutal, hard conversations you had to have with somebody to say, all right, guys. I know you've been look, working with us for a year on this, but we're going to go in this direction. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's never a fun conversation to have. Um, and so I think it's just, you know, us doing a better job on the front end of sizing up projects and making sure that we have contractors, subs, you know, everybody who's on board, that's the right fit for the project. I think what always happens at the beginning too, um, from a workload standpoint is you're new and you just say yes to everything. Like you don't want to turn anything away. I still feel like that, <laughs> but, but, you know, cause you just don't, you know, it's the, the, you know, things are always unknown with the economy and stuff, but, um, you know, we're busy now, but I know probably at the end or at the beginning, we probably put a fair amount of burden on some folks. Um, they were happy to do it. And I think we've been a little, we've been a little more selective and, you know, developing different relationships and, you know, like I said before, kind of doing what you do best and kind of staying sane, not trying to be everything. Is that something, cause that's something I'm dealing with like right now. Is that something that you eventually, I'm, I'm, I feel like you figure out who you're, 
better at partnering with and you typically prioritize those projects and those relationships to maybe new risky things. I'm kind of in that situation right now with my business that like we're doing great and we've organically grown a lot on our own and I don't I don't want to be this massive corporation. I don't want to be that. And but where's that line? Like, so if you guys have turned stuff down, I would love to hear more about that. Like what that looks like or how you picked what you turned down and what you don't. I don't know if necessarily, like I said, it's hard to say, no, I can't say, well, there's something we definitely turned down, so to speak, but maybe you chase different things and you approach building new clients differently. At the beginning, as with anything, you want to be everything to everyone where, you know, long-term, you know, we always say we want to turn our clients into our friends. You know, we know everything about their family. They know about our families. That's just how we like to do business with people. And, you know, you have some clients that maybe aren't quite that open, but, but most are, but really, you know, you really want to work with people that want to work with you and that, you know, it's a mutual relationship It's not just a transaction. So, you know, over time, you start building more clients like that. So you quit looking in other places for work, um, which may not necessarily um, meet all your criteria. And I don't want to say it's not like we're picky and we choose and we this and that, but it is just a different, you know, you look for just like clients look for things in consultants, consultants kind of look for, for things in clients as well. And you always yeah. want it to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And it works best that way. I think yeah. it's funny, like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, I was just going to say on the real estate side, one of the things I think we have been a little bit more choosy on is early on, we were looking at any project that came across our desk, we looked at, and we probably looked at a lot harder than what we ever should have. And on a couple of them, we seen a lot of red tape on them. I mean, I remember the one on the Carlisle Pike to be, you know, Frank, you know, we looked at a site on the Carlisle Pike for what, Justin, probably yep. two years. And we tried to make this thing work for two years and we never felt comfortable. We kept trying and trying and trying. In today's world, we probably spend two minutes on a project like that. We'll look at it. We'll quickly say it has these five issues Mm -hmm. that we just don't think that we want to spend the time, the energy, the resources to try to figure out. And we just move on to other projects. So as we matured in our business on the real estate and on the site selection side, I think that we have become extremely selective and we probably, we probably decline to move on more projects than we actually ever take on. For every 10 that we look at, we may actually put one or two under, uh, you know, under contract or even put an offer in on them because we've just been more selective where two years ago, we were probably batting like nine out of 10. If 10 projects came across our debt, we were probably looking at nine of them really, really hard. Today's world, maybe one or two. Doesn't that feel great though? <laughs> yes. It, 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 it does. It was like the wild, wild west when we first started. Like we were just so glad to be out on our own and trying to figure oh, out. Oh, projects. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it was like project, you know, heaven. It was like Christmas, you know, things were just falling from the sky, and uh, and people wanted to work with us, and so we were like spinning our wheels, like looking at these deals, 
and and you know uh, they just weren't good deals. Where today we're we're quickly like, eh, now let's pass, let's move. You know, we'll, we'll look for something better, and something better always comes. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 like a formula that works if you're patient and you're selective in what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does pay off. Okay, is that something that you would say has been? Because I know you said high integrity, honesty, things like that. So you'd say maybe being selective and being true to who you guys are. Is that probably another? Because you've clearly been successful. I mean, there's no. Yeah, I throw selective up high in that because it's human nature when you're starting off to you're nervous and you're you're hiring people and you're worried about castle. You're worried about all the things Justin said he, you know, thinks about in the middle of the night. You know, <laughs> so you're thinking about all those things and, 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 you know, I think you just got to have a little, you got to have faith and trust in the process. And, and the faith is, you know, things that you can't see, but are around the corner. And if you have that faith that you'll be okay, then I think you're a little bit more selective on, on what you take on and what you promise people. Um, Cause it's a small town. So, you know, you don't deliver a couple times then you know that word gets out there and and that can really kill your business yeah or even like being um betting on yourself i think that's another thing like kind of going back to what we talked about way in the beginning um i feel like as an entrepreneur you figure it out like that's i don't know i feel like people think like oh you just you know you you know how to do it you don't look like you have any issues and you know how you figure it out i I feel like this is a common amongst all entrepreneurs. You just figure it out. It's not like we knew how to do this. It's not like there was a manual. It's yeah. not like we were like, all right, this is one year, two year, three. You just, you figure it out. Is that right for you yeah, guys I, too? I can't tell anybody how to start a business. Like nobody told us how to. I mean, yeah. if you're dedicated and you believe in what you're going to do, you will absolutely figure it out. And that's not that we didn't get any help. We didn't get some questions answered and things like that. But, you know, I would say, I wouldn't want to explain it all to somebody. I would want them to, to just get in it and do it. I think it's great. Yeah. Fit in. Um, you know, you know, self-motivation and just knowing you can do something, you know, ranks pretty high on the list. And, and I'd never want to solve that problem for somebody. Yeah. A I think another key is don't, don't over plan. Um, it's good to have a plan, but, you know, Kristen, I mean, you, you know, you're you're even newer than us. I'm sure you did some level of a business plan. If you went back and looked at it, you might laugh and be like, I can't believe I really thought this is what I was going to do versus what you're actually going to be successful. So I think you got to have a roadmap. You got to be you got to have a plan at some level, but don't overthink your plan uh, because it's always subject to change. Well, I learned a word that explains that from my friend Nicole that was on a it's called analysis paralysis. Oh, yeah. You just spend so much time. Yeah, I've never heard that saying before. I feel like I'm the only one. But yeah, you just spend so much time focused on am I going to do this? Or am I going to do that? I'd say it wasn't so much the business model for me, but I did get hung up a little bit on the name. What I was going to name my company. And I think because it was a marketing firm, I was like, it has to be like amazing, this, that, and the whatever. And it doesn't, it doesn't like it, it's not going to make or break your company. If you have, and that's just my opinion, other people might have other opinions, but your logo and the name of your company is not going to make or break your company. Who you're, who you have at your firm and your product and how you treat people is what's going to make or break the company. I agree. I spent a lot of time thinking about the name of our projects, Kristen. So I'm there, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Justin will tell you, I go through several iterations of names 
<laughs> oh yeah, this is always I, great. Yeah. The township by the end is like, what? what is this? <laughs> different names on the plan. I'm like, let's just stick with the last one. <laughs> the most that's so fun though. So you actually okay, you need them. I wanted to help with that. Yeah, it's uh it's it's I, I, you know, I got a marketing kind of side to me a little bit. Yeah. So I, I yeah, spend a lot of time marketing and branding is like ingrained in me. So I spent a lot of time, more than I probably ever should, on oh. on names of developments and logos and that all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh well then I maybe I need your help sometime on stuff. Yeah. Okay, all right. If, if you want me to help confuse you even more than you probably are, then yeah. have at it. But if I want a project to take uh six months instead of six weeks, I'll call you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are other advice? I think let's end it with that. What other advice do you guys have for people that are considering starting their own company? Anything, anything else? Tips, tricks, advice, anything that comes to the top of your head? Jeez, of course. Nothing. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> I think I said it. Just stay true to who you are. Uh, believe in yourself, and be resilient. Okay. You know, I think those things uh, will take you uh, a very long way, you know. Yeah. I just, and you don't, have, this is maybe something you may or not want to put on the podcast. I heard this. About, okay. I, I heard this about a year ago and it really resonated yes. with me. And I think it was Bear Grylls actually said it on something I was watching or reading. He said, 20 yeah. years ago, there's three F's to follow family, faith, and following your dreams. Three G's that can get in the way of that. Girls, gold, and glory. And if you face them too much, you lose sight of the three S's and everything goes wrong. Interesting. The, the, the other G could be a guy, girl or guy. But girl or Yeah, it still, yes. still works for the three G's. But I found that interesting. Like, it's such a simple thing. But, yeah. like... So say that again, do it again slower. I want to hear that again. So the three F's that you should follow are faith, family, and following your dreams. Okay. But there's three G's that if you chase can get in the way, gold, glory, and girls. Yes. Or guys. Or guys. How, or guys. You know, whoever you girls are. I thought it was Kristen, we'll send, we'll send you a bill for that right there. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. That real was wisdom. Well, when you think we'll, about we'll, it. We'll bill you. You get the bill. If you uh, turn the, the one G girl or guy into part of the family, that solves that. Follow yeah. your dreams truly, you know, you'll be humble in what you get and maybe some of the gold will come along with it, but don't focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't focus on the money. I was talking no. about that with somebody. Who was I talking about? Oh, that they, they were saying that like, they're a numbers person and they're always looking at the numbers and the numbers and the numbers and the numbers. And they're like, how do you not look at your numbers all the time? And I'm like, because I feel like I just feel when we're doing well, I feel when we're doing well and I feel when we're not doing well. And I'm not going to sit there and be hyper-focused and constantly doing math. And I did the exact same thing when I was in a commission related position a couple of years ago, they were like, Where, where's your commission at? Where's your commission at? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, but I was like doing very, very well. Um, at the company and I was even top a couple times and things like that. But I just, I getting so bogged down 
by the money and how much money you're making and like trying to keep all of your money in like a little pile somewhere. So that way, you know, no, no one can touch. And if that's the only reason you can make money doing anything, you can literally make money doing, if you have enough motivation, you can make money doing anything. And that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's my, that's a, good, that's, a, that's a really good point. I mean, and we're in the real estate world and Justin and I joke about this sometimes because we're a little different, but you know, a lot of people, in our business, it is all about the money. Like they will, they will do something to save 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. And, and, and we're just not, we're not wired that way. And so sometimes we learned early on, like just certain relationships weren't for us because, you know, it it came down to every decision was about the money, every Mm -hmm. decision, you know, they would, they would, they would screw over whomever just to make a buck. And, And we just, we don't see it that way. We just want to have fun. We want to do, you know, good work. And yeah, by the way, we do want to make money, but it's not like number one on the list of like, how do we screw people all day long just to make a dollar? Yeah. And I just think that those folks, they, they die um, a very lonely kind of death. I mean, that just yeah. is, you screwed everybody just to make a buck. And that's just yeah. not how we see it. Well, and we were, and we were golfing last week and I think it was you, Jonathan, right? That you, the lady dropped the dollar. <laughs> Oh yeah. 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 And you were like, dollar. yep. And I said, and what did you and say? Justin was like, Oh, that's cool that you told her that you dropped yep. the dollar. I know people that would have picked the dollar up. And I mm-hmm. said, well, Kristen, I said that $1 that I told the lady that she dropped, I said, that's going to turn into 10 bucks. Little did I know an hour later, it was going to turn into a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But I too, I do. I believe in that. And like, I'm a big, I'm a big gifter, a love language for me, as you guys have already figured out. I love to gift people with stuff. And I am a firm believer in like, if I buy somebody a nice gift, my intent is not, Oh, what's going to come back for me. But I think it's going to make them feel good. It's going to make them feel appreciated. And then they'll feel even more positively about me. And then the relationship would get better. And I do. And that those type of people, yeah, maybe they just bother me. Maybe that. <laughs> maybe that's maybe they just bother me but i do i just just do the right thing i guess do the right thing and the right thing will come back to you exactly very true the golden rule still works the golden rule still works i know and it's amazing how i because it is tough in our industry too i mean like I, i was just dealing with this with one of my clients like some people just like to screw around in our industry though with numbers or just partnerships or it is and it comes down to the money or like some people get second looks at stuff or third looks at stuff and it's the same, you know, and there's just like these, I get it. I get it. There's, there's sliminess in every industry, but it's just, especially in our world, there's, there's a lot of that stuff and everybody feels it, I think. Yeah. And it all trickles up, right. It starts a lot with your subs who are trying to, you know, squeeze and then the next level squeeze and the next level squeeze. And then here we are as the developers that, you know, are getting squeezed as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's an interesting dynamic in what we do. I agree. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it today. So if anybody wants to get in touch with either you, Jonathan, or you, Justin, um, how would you recommend they do that? Email, LinkedIn, whatever you're comfortable with sharing or not at all. Maybe you don't want them to contact you. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, for me, email is always easiest. It's my first okay. name, Justin at integrateddp.com. Perfect. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at Justin. At <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> <I'm> yeah. <laughs> and my phone number is 71. I'll give his number now. 
Uh, same thing, Jonathan at uh, integrateddp.com. Uh, I think our contact information is on our yeah. website at integrateddp.com as well. So you can um, reach out to us either way. Well, great. Well, thanks so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Want to follow along? Be sure to subscribe to listen to our latest episodes. 